Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mompreneurs by mompreneurs. Each week, we are diving into mom-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today, I am your host, Olivia Radcliffe, and I am here with the awesome Jenny Slenison. So Jenny is a podcast strategist and the founder of the podcast management and marketing agency, Savvy Podcast Agency. So the Savvy Podcast Agency helps entrepreneurs launch and grow their podcasts and start turning their listeners into leads. So Jenny, this is going to be an awesome conversation, very meta talking about podcasts on a podcast. I love Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> anyways, um, why don't you tell me a little bit more about exactly how you help people and, and why you help them? Yeah. Um, I like when I started my business back in 2016, I started in marketing and I really liked marketing. I thought it was really fun, but I was doing more social media marketing and I just got really burnt out by it. And I knew at some point I wanted to have children and it just felt like social media didn't have like that, you know, that pause. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like with social media had to be on all the time, especially being a social media manager. I was like, Oh, great. It's Saturday. Doesn't stop. Got to go check my clients like messages and make sure that people are getting responded to and stuff. So then I pivoted to podcast management because I started offering it for a client and, you know, it was just way more flexible. My client could record in advance. Um, and I could work in advance instead of like with social media, it's like, yeah, sure. You can like schedule the content in advance, but you need to be engaging in real time. There's like no substitute for that. So, um, I just pivoted to something that was more like family friendly so that when I did have kids at the time, um, I, you know, I had more time. And then I had my son in 2020. I am pregnant with my second due in November. So, um, I think it was a great decision. I, (laughs) I, I love how flexible it is. I love that I can work ahead and, um, what we do with our clients is, you know, we do obviously the post-production stuff. We make their episodes sound really great. We focus on like helping them create high quality episodes, from the beginning and then Mm -hmm. also optimizing their audio. But we also help with the marketing piece of things too, because obviously it's really great to have a podcast with really great content, but if you're not ever talking about it on social media or your email or anywhere, it's not going to grow. So Mm -hmm. we help people also get their show in front of new listeners by social media, email, um, guesting on other podcasts. So we really have that holistic strategy down. Um, and I see a lot of people who do podcast management focus on the production only. So having that like whole picture, I think it really helps our clients continue to see success with their podcast, not just having really great quality, quality audio, but also like using it to actually get business out of their show or from their show. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, I will say like our podcast has been like my favorite, absolute like free thing that I've ever offered to any audience ever. Like yeah. it's, I, I don't know that's quite a lead magnet. I guess it is because we get people who do find us through the the podcast and, you know, there's obviously calls to actions that we, we have in there, but we haven't really used it quite as that standpoint, but it's been so amazing. Just all the different people we've talked to, amazing guests like yourself coming on the show. And it's really helped us further our message. And um, it, it actually really surprised me how like wide the podcast got spread right away. Because I will admit, we actually don't do a ton of marketing for the podcast. It's pretty mm-hmm. much we we share about some of the episodes. We provide stuff for the guests to be able to share and, and that's about it. So, um, it's really 
been one of my absolute favorite nurturing things that I, that I've ever done. So yeah, no, I totally agree. I have several podcasts myself and my clients have said the same thing. They're like, this is like my favorite thing. Um, I get to like show up and talk about things that like actually matter to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just like checking a box. Right. So they just feel really good about it and they, they're excited to get their message out into the world and, um, you know, via audio, because I feel like audio is just so much more like, I don't know, it's intimate. It's more in- intimate than reading a blog post, but mm-hmm. it's not as like, scary for people as video. Cause a lot of people are very intimidated by video. Um, I'm not one of those people who's intimidated by video, but it's not my favorite. Like if I had to choose audio or video, I would always choose audio. So, yeah, well, I know from, you know, a consumer standpoint, audio is definitely easier for me to, to listen Consume. to in my day. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's busy moms, audio busy is moms. like where it's at. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But also then from the standpoint of putting stuff together, audio is definitely easier to put together too, because often I will have my, my preschooler in the room with me or something. And I don't necessarily want him on the screen all the time in videos, but he can sit on my lap and hang out or whatever. Exactly. Just recording audio. Um, so you talk about turning listeners into leads. Mm -hmm. What are some of the strategies you can share on, on maybe how to get started doing that? Yeah. So a lot of people think that like starting a podcast is just like, yay, I put these episodes together. I put them on the air. Great. It's going to turn into magic for my business. Mm -hmm. And like, if you are someone who has a pretty hefty following, that can be the case. Like if you're an Amy Porterfield or someone like that, like, yes, that can be the case because you already have this built-in audience. But most people, especially people that we work with, don't have that. They maybe have like a thousand Instagram followers and like 300 people on their email list. So like, it's Mm -hmm. not the same thing. So I think, um, people are really, especially women, women are really afraid to promote themselves. They shy away from it. We are told like, that's bad uh, from like being a kid where, you know, we're told, no, don't talk about yourself. Like that's conceited. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we really work with our clients to do is to get them talking about what they have to offer more. And like, you can naturally weave that into your episode. So it's not like a big promo fest. And like, if you're afraid of being salesy, and you're selling, you're probably not being salesy because you are afraid of it, right? You, you're you conscious that you're not being salesy or you don't want to be salesy. So we have our clients like um, authentically like weave it into the conversation. So, um, you know, we start off by having them casually mention another episode that they did that is kind of around the topic. Like, for example, say they're talking about marketing strategies, right? Um, maybe they have another episode that's like a little more in depth about that. So they'll be like, okay, well, throughout the episode, they're talking about these marketing strategies. And then they're like, okay, but you know, if you want to learn more about XYZ topic and go deeper with me, check out episode 120 or whatever. Um, so that's like an easy way to ease into it when you're first getting started. And then, you know, once you're feeling comfortable, like actually talking about other things that you have to offer, then you can start talking about different, um, you know, different products you have, even freebies. We also like to start with freebies because that's really easy to say, Hey, I have this free challenge coming up. Mm -hmm. Hey, I have this free summit coming up. Hey, I have this like free guide or this free masterclass or whatever. That's so much easier to talk about than being like, Hey, join my $2,000 coaching program. So we kind of start with that free. We integrate that free stuff in there, um, at first. And then, you know, once they are feeling more comfortable, then we help them kind of talk about more of their paid offers. And, I feel like free is going to convert the best because 
once you're talking about that free offer, you usually have them sign up for your email list to get that free offer, right? Then you're in their inbox talking about it more often than they're hearing about all your other products and things like that. So you kind of start with the free, you get them on your email list. And then from there, you're talking about your paid products and programs in their inbox, you know, weekly. So right, right. I feel like that converts so much better and it's an easier sell to sell something free on your show than it is to be like, Hey, go purchase my $2,000 offer. So that's usually where we start. Um, most of our clients do end up doing those promos for their bigger offers too on the show as they feel more comfortable, but the free stuff is just, it's easier to nurture those people and get them on your email list first. Yeah, no, I definitely can say that with Michelle and myself, whenever we're on our podcast and we have something to sell or anything, or even just general sales marketing. And, you know, we are actually quite direct, I think with, with our sales, either you want what we have to offer or you don't, and there's no hard feelings either way. And we found that that's not necessarily what we see with other people. There is a lot of beating around the bush and a lot of like, I'm going to get you into this nurture funnel. And I think maybe it's, you know, she and I are both neurodivergent. And then there's also just the time aspect of we don't have time to beat around the bush. Like (laughs) if we're not your cup of tea, that's okay. Like someone else can be. And, and we just want to make sure that we are there offering what we can being able to serve and love on the people who, you know, are our ideal clients or we are their ideal people, you know? Right. And I think that's kind of a pretty big mindset shift. Some people have trouble getting around yeah. in, in speaking about their offers, whether it's on a podcast or other. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, most of the people we work with, we start with them from their launch on, we do get clients that are, um, you know, they come to us after they've already launched and they're more comfortable, but the people who are starting with that launch, they have that big mindset barrier to get over, like even just talking into a mic. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. so we start them kind of slow because they're like, wait, I'm just now getting used to podcasting. Now you want me to talk about my offers on my show? Like what? So like, we kind of slowly like warm them up. Some people are like ready to go because they've been doing it for years and like, they're not new to the game, but for our like more new people who are just launching, they're like, they're less comfortable with like being direct about it. And I think there's really no wrong way to go about it. And a lot of people like really shy away from talking about their own stuff, but then they're not afraid to talk about other people's stuff. Like a lot of times people are like, oh, let's, you know, throw some affiliate things in there and talk about other people's products, which is fine. And, and it's easier to start with, but like your own offers are going to make you more money than talking about someone's affiliate offer or having a $25 ad segment on your show. Because, you know, people are always like, how do I get ad sponsorships? It's like, okay, this is how you do it. But like, it's not lucrative unless you have a massive audience usually, or it's like a super duper aligned product that makes, you know, 150% sense with your audience. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I like what you're saying of, you know, you can start small with the free thing and, and kind of grow up from there and really start getting people on your list, helping them out, making those big shifts, the transformations, helping them make some progress and then going from there. Um, if that's something that you need to need to get dip your toe in the water first and get comfortable with, with positioning yourself. Um, so what other tips can you have for people who might be looking into starting a podcast? Maybe they don't have one yet. They've heard about it. You know, it's all the rage. I think almost everyone has a podcast now and it's awesome. Uh, what what tips would you have for people just wanting to get started? 
Yeah. I think a lot of people try to overcomplicate like the equipment and stuff. They're like, oh, I need the fanciest mic and I need XYZ yeah. and I need all this. And it's like, you really don't need a crazy fancy mic. Like, you know, the one that I have and that I've been using for several years is I want to say is like a $99 bundle. And it came with a mic. It came with a stand. It came with like a pop filter and it came with headphones. I'm not using those today, but mm-hmm. um, it's like those big bulky headphones. And like that to me, I was like, oh, that's pretty much a steal for all that stuff. Um, so you don't need the fanciest 200, $300, $400 mic. You don't need all that. You don't need a sound treated room. You don't need to go record in a podcast studio. I can't tell you how many times people are like, oh, you don't have a podcast studio for me to come record in. I'm like, it's not necessary. Like you're not Joe Rogan, you know, you don't need this craziness. Like a lot of people, like they look at these celebrity podcasts and they think they need that. And like, no, just take it down like 20 notches. Mm -hmm. We can start small. We don't need to start with like the best and biggest things. Um, so you need a microphone hundred percent. You definitely need that, but it doesn't need to be the fanciest microphone. And I usually recommend, um, a dynamic mic because it's not, you know, it's better for, if you don't have a sound treated space, which most people do not have a sound treated space. Most people have like a little office in their home or they're using like their closet or something, you know, mm-hmm. most people don't have that. So, you know, that might kind of, um, it doesn't pick up as much external background noise. So it makes it easier if you're not like a podcasting pro, essentially. Um, you do need headphones. I would say the wired headphones are much better than um, the earbuds because the wired headphones can like, especially if you're using something like Zoom, they can like kind of fade in and out. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I use my Apple earbuds, but you can use those big ones if you want to, or not earbuds, but Apple wired headphones. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And in terms of like equipment, that's pretty much all you like really need, like physical equipment. Obviously you want to have like a content calendar for planning your episodes. Um, I always think someone, you know, if you use a project management tool, you know, make a board or make a list for your podcast episodes and stuff like that. So you can keep track of the process. Um, you definitely need a podcast host. So like to syndicate your episodes somewhere. So like Buzzsprout or Libsyn, uh, that'll get your episodes you know, on Apple podcasts or Spotify and all the top, um, podcast players. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really the bare minimum that you need, but obviously you need good quality content. Um, that's important, but that's not really a tool. It's just, you know, a thing that you need, but that's kind of the bare minimum. And you need, honestly, mindset is huge. Like I didn't realize before I started helping people launch their podcast, how much mindset plays into it, but I've literally had people stall for months because they're like, Oh, they record, they hate their voice. We Mm -hmm. edit it, we get it back to them. And they're like, I hate how this sounds. And I'm like, well, I can't really alter your voice. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we did what we could with what you provided. And then they just get really hung up on things or they like, they send their, their edited episode to like 20 people. And then those 20 people are critiquing whatever Mm -hmm. that person is saying. And then you're back to the drawing board. So I didn't realize how much that mindset issue played into it until I started helping people with it because it became a thing. So now I really like prep people in advance. Like you're probably going to get over some mindset hurdles. So be prepared. Like it's okay. If you hate your voice, you will get used to it. Um, there's just so many different things that I didn't realize that would be an issue for people. Cause like when I started my podcast, I wasn't like, Oh my God, I hate my voice. You know, if I hated my voice, I just, I wouldn't have started. Right. So, um, but there's just so many interesting things that I've run into where people are like, oh, I hate this or, oh, I hate that. Or, oh, you know, I don't like the way I said this or just like little small things. And then the grand scheme of things like that doesn't really matter at the end of the day, but people get hung up on them. 
Yeah, and absolutely. I think, yeah, you're right. That mindset piece can be really, really big and something that kind of goes unseen for a while until you get into it. Now, I know when when I first started, um, maybe not with this podcast, but just in general with my business, getting on live videos or maybe being on other people's podcasts, I would really worry a lot about exactly what I was saying and Mm -hmm. how I was saying it. And I didn't want to offend anybody. And well, what if they hear that statement wrong? And, you know, I mean it as I'm being sarcastic and what if they don't get it or something? Cause I have a unique sense of humor that not everyone gets all the time. Um, and it's, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe it just comes with time and with just doing that stuff over and over again. But I say some really random stuff sometimes <laughs> and I can get going rambling and lose my train of thought or like mom brain kicks in halfway through a sentence and I'm suddenly thinking about my grocery list instead. <laughs> totally forgot what I was talking about. Like right now, I just started thinking about my grocery list. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I think it is just something that if it's if it's pushing you out of your comfort zone, I think that's good and you can mm-hmm. accept it and keep going, keep trying, mm-hmm. keep doing it. If it's something you absolutely hate and you really dread it and it makes you not want to get out of bed in the morning because you know you have to record a podcast episode, then maybe podcasting isn't right. (laughs) Right. But I think people need to give it like a fair shot before like throwing in the towel. Like, you know, and that's that's what I try to help my clients do. Like when we get to that point where they're like, oh, I hate this, like whatever. It's like, okay, well, if it's not, if you're not feeling confident, a little more confident than you did on day one by like 10, 15 episodes in, then maybe it's not a good fit for you. And that's totally fine. But like, give it, give it an earnest try because if you don't, you're going to be like wondering what if, right? So just give it, give it a try. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Can we talk stats a bit? Cause I know I said Mm -hmm. earlier that I think almost everyone has a podcast and that's because in my client circles, pretty much everyone has a podcast. How do you know if your podcast is being successful or not? I think this is really going to depend. Um, I know that different hosts publish like stats reports. Like I know Buzzsprout does. Let's see. Um, they did one pretty recently. I'm going to pull it up. Um, so I like to look at theirs. So um they just share like different things, like how many listeners are listening on Apple and like how much percentage and stuff. Um, and they show you like the top percent. So, um, you know, according to them, episode downloads within the first seven days, you're in the top 1% if you have 4,994 downloads, which on one episode, right? Mm-hmm. Most people do not reach that. Right. I have a couple of clients who do because they've been podcasting eight, nine, 10 years, but like most of my clients, they don't fall in that range. And then the top 5% is about a thousand downloads per episode in the first seven days. Um, top 10%, 440, top 25, 110 and top 50 would be 32 downloads in the first seven days. Most of my clients fall between the 25 top 20 and five and top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a couple, I have a handful of clients who are in the top five and top one, but most people fall between t- top 10 and top 25. Um, and you know, if you're getting, you know, even the top 50 and I always tell people they're like, they ask me, Hey, you know, is this good? Like my podcast gets 50 downloads in the first seven days. I'm like, okay, well you're above the top 50. Cause they only get 32, mm-hmm. but you're close to the top 25. So, I mean, I think it just depends on what makes you feel personally successful because it's like, it's not really all about the stats. It's good to know that information, but 
if you only have 50 downloads on an episode and you made two sales from the episode, is that worth it to you? Yeah. Absolutely. Just think about it that way. Um, because yeah, like think about it. You're in a room with 50 people. If two people, two of those 50 people buy, that's pretty significant from one episode. Yeah. Um, so you just have to think about it in, in that way. They also share like your episode duration. Like, you know, if people listen to less than 10 minutes of the episode, like as an average and, you know, different things like that. So it's really interesting to look at their analytics and see. Um, and like when my clients start getting in a like in a tizzy about their stats, I pull out these numbers and they're like, oh, I'm actually doing pretty good. I'm like, yeah, podcasting is like, it's still like such a growing population of people who are listening. Yeah, sure. There's a lot of people that we know that are creating podcasts, but like if I ask my friends, most of them aren't podcast listeners like that are outside of the entrepreneurial circle. Mm -hmm. They might listen to like one true crime podcast or one news podcast, but they're not listening to like five, 10 podcasts, like most of us are. Mm -hmm. So, um, podcasting is still like growing and evolving, especially in other countries. Like I know it's pretty big in the United States, but like in other countries, it's still really in its infancy phases. So, yeah, well, I like, I like that you highlighted that it the success can look different for each person. It really depends on what your goal is. Right. You know? Like our clients, our clients that want ad segments on their show, they're going to want to shoot for like the top five to one to five percent right because they want to make money from ads but if you're looking to sell your own stuff you don't need to have five thousand downloads per episode right. in the first seven right. days you know yeah so. and you could have a very very niche condensed audience very small audience but one that's very active very engaged right. and com converts highly right versus a really large audience that maybe you have a lot of listeners but they're, they're just, just listening, like listening version. No yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, I think it's good what you said, not to get so hung up in the numbers so much, but looking at your own goals and what you want to do and, and focusing on the stats that support those goals. So. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. So you mentioned, you know, everyone else in the world and then the entrepreneurial world <laughs> of, of being in podcasts. Um, what are some of the I'm just curious, this is just by curiosity here, about what sort of topics do you see coming up for people's podcasts? Is there a running trend in what kind of podcasts people have? Anything really crazy subjects that you can share? Yeah, I mean, I, so I don't really like, I know a lot of people say they only work with like one specific subset of people. I've never been like, I only work with dietitians or I only work with the one group of people. So like, we see a lot of different things. Like I have a couple interior designer podcasts, which are really interesting because it's like, you think interior design is very visual, mm -hmm. but she has a podcast, but she also has a YouTube channel where we like insert the images that people send in and stuff. So that one, you know, it's kind of funny because it's like people who are listening and they're not looking on YouTube. They don't get to see the pictures, but she like describes them. So mm, it works out. Um, so that one's kind of interesting to me because it's like, you wouldn't think that would be a podcast. You would think that'd be like more of YouTube. Um, you know, I see a lot of people who are starting podcasts about mindset and health and wellness. That's a big mm. hot one. Um, I had one recently who launched a podcast about the service industry. So she's talking about like broad service industries. So like, like tipping your waiters and waitresses and like what to do, you know, how to treat your realtor, like when they, per you purchase a home or like, you know, how to treat your client as a realtor, just like all kinds of things in that service-based industry, which is really interesting. Like not like 
service provider as in like doing a physical service, but like, you know, like online, but like in the real world, I guess. Um, so that one was kind of interesting. I'm trying to think of like other ones. I have a couple like, um, mindset coaches. That's pretty, that's pretty big. I'm trying to think of anything like super obscure. Um, I had a couple travel podcasts, which were interesting because to me that would be more visual as well. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's kind of like the gist of what I've seen. But I've, I mean, and being in groups, I've seen some really cool ideas. I'm like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Like I saw someone talk about like, they, they talk to their grandpa every single week on the podcast and they interview their grandpa about different topics. I think that's so interesting, but like hearing from like an older generation's perspective about things is just interesting. So there's just, I feel like there's podcasts yeah. for everything. True crimes, they at least have one that I've never heard of. Like there might yeah. be a couple in there that I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. I listened to that too. But then there's other ones where it's like, oh, that's interesting. I've never heard of that. So um, it's kind of cool. Everyone is still getting listeners and it's yep. still like, cause I know sometimes I've, I've heard some people say that well, everyone has a podcast. Mine's not going to matter. You know, right. there's yeah. already a podcast about that topic. Why do I need to add mine? Exactly. Um, yeah. I think everyone has a different perspective too. Like the person or several people that have a podcast about a similar topic that you do, you have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know there's a bunch of motherhood podcasts. There's, oh, a bunch yeah. of mom, there's a bunch of mom business owner podcasts. Like there's a lot of that, yeah, but like absolutely. everyone has their different takes on being a mom entrepreneur and everyone has their different takes on motherhood. So I think you can learn and benefit from different perspectives. You don't have to just pick one. Like I listen to a bunch of true crime podcasts and sometimes they cover the same cases, but they talk about it so differently and they cover different details. So it's interesting to see the same case being covered so differently by two different yeah. podcasts. Yeah. For me, it's kind of like, you know, I'd walk into the library or a bookstore and be like, I just don't have enough time in the day. I want to read all of these books. <laughs> yeah. And it's like that with podcasts for me. I'll get on a platform and be like, that looks so interesting. I want to listen to that. And I want to listen to that one and that one and that one. And there's just not enough time in the day. And so yep. it's, yeah, I don't <laughs> think there can be too much content. So no, no. And there's someone for everyone. So yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Any last minute hard hitting bits of advice for people who maybe want to get started or want to grow their podcast? Yeah. I would just say like, if you're wanting to get started, like don't let the mindset thing hang you up because that can be a huge deal. And that can be like the whole make or break situation from actually going for it. So don't, don't let that mindset piece hang you up. Don't the equipment hang you up. Like if you are feeling inspired to do it and you've been sitting on this year, this for years, like I have several people that we've launched. They're like, Oh, I've been having this podcast idea for like three years. I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad you're finally taking action, you know? Um, and it was a lot of it happened during the pandemic, actually. Like most of the people that we launched in 2020, everyone's like, Oh, I've been sitting on this for years, but now I actually have time to like yeah. come to fruition. So, you know, just go for it. Your ideas, even if they're similar to other people, you have a different perspective. And, you know, if you already have a podcast and you're not sure if it's like hitting well, if you're, you're not, you're not feeling confident, like if people are actually listening and taking action, like just like survey them. That is my biggest piece of advice for if you've had a podcast like a year or more, do yearly surveys. I do it every single year for my shows and it helps so much to see what people are looking for, what they want to hear from me, what guests they want to learn from. I also ask them what other podcasts they listen to, because mm-hmm. that's interesting as well. Um, I ask where they listen to the show, like do they listen on Apple or Spotify or another obscure player. Um, so just survey them, see what they want to hear, because 
although your podcast, you're the one who's creating it, you create it for your listeners. You're not creating it for yourself. (laughs) So, so ask them what they want to hear. That's, that's my biggest piece of advice. If you feel like you're not sure if the direction you're going in is like working or not. Uh, Perfect. All right. So Jenny, where can people go if they want to continue the conversation with you? Yeah, the place I hang out the most is going to be Instagram. Um, my handle is at jenny.sunnison. So my name with a period in between the two. Um, and that's that's where I hang out the most. I also have a website as well, which is savvypodcastagency.com. So if you want to learn more about our services or, you know, we have countless products and stuff if you're more of a DIY person. So definitely check us out there, but it was so fun chatting with you guys. I always love talking about podcasts. It's like my favorite thing ever. So yeah, no, thank you. Actually, as you're talking about the different kinds of podcasts and different ideas, I'm like, I have like ideas for five more podcasts. Can I just, can it just <laughs> sit like, I don't have time. podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But all right. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. And yeah, thank you. Thank you all so much for listening and joining us this week on marketing like a mother. If you found value in the show today and want to support some fellow mompreneurs, we'd really appreciate a rating or even just telling a friend about the show. And we'll be back next week with more marketing tips for busy moms with businesses. Until then, take care.